Michael Mawale for the win. edition of all in a women's sports podcast i am julia moss joined here today with brett tulip and annabelle watson you know oftentimes i look at my hosts and i'm excited to be hosting but today i'm just filled with jealousy and anger because i'm with two people who are getting ready to study abroad for an entire semester in london and i am not going on that trip but they get to so i'm not gonna lie and say i'm not jealous because i definitely am but i do I'll do the nice and selfless thing. I'll give you guys the floor to talk about, you know, your feelings. Are you excited? Annabelle, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I think Brett can probably say this too. This has kind of been hyped up for all of us, like since this time last year, we've been looking forward to this and we finally have like everything ironed out. I know where I'm living. Um, I know what my classes are. I like have already bought tickets for some of my weekend trips. So I'm just so excited, but I know that I'm really gonna miss being at the station and I'm gonna miss everyone, all my friends there, especially you, Julia. So it's kind of bittersweet. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to miss miss you guys too, uh, of course, but uh, I would be lying if I said I wasn't excited. Uh, you know, it's been a long semester. I think it'll be nice to to see, you know, another side of the world and uh, not necessarily get away from Fordham, but um, it'll be nice to have kind of a vacation. I know I'll still have class, but uh, it'll be a lot of fun too. A full semester and another other country guys I'm, I'm excited for you I'm gonna miss you guys so much but I have no doubt there's gonna be a week or two where we'll, you know the the stateside people will stay up late and we'll have you guys on an all-in episode I have no okay. doubt that'll happen at some point um but let's let's get into it because you know a lot's happened this week the the two things we're really gonna focus on today are one Kateri Poole no longer with LSU which is um kind of abrupt and kind of crazy, but that's kind of, you know, the par for the course, it seems like, and for LSU at least. So I think that's where we're going to start. And we're going to finish it off with the Indiana Fever getting the first draft pick overall for the second year in a row, which is, you know, if you're trying to build something for the future, two straight number one picks, especially with the talent that there is now in the co- in the collegiate uh, side of women's basketball, Indiana's probably looking good, especially, you know, if Caitlin Clark decides to go to the draft, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's start with LSU because it was announced after a game, Kateri Poole no longer with the team. The way this was all brought about is so absurd to me because it wasn't as if Kim Mulkey started the press conference with, okay, this is, you know, this is what's happening. Uh, They are not going to be a part of the team anymore. It was in response to a question asked by a journalist 
So my question is, when was this news going to be, when was she planning on saying this? Was she baking on a journalist to ask this question? I guess it's um, fair to assume to a, to an extent that that is a question that would be asked. But um, in the classic Kimoki faction, we have no idea why she's not, or why they're not with the team or what happened leading up to that. But let's hear you guys' thoughts first. Brett, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just more and more puzzling. I think, you know, obviously Kim Mulkey gets frustrated with the media because at times it can seem like they're out to get you. But often when you are so unbelievably unclear on almost anything, uh, it gets to the point where the media really is objectively in the right. I mean, first off, you make a great point. When were we going to know when, like, if this player left the program? I mean... They don't play a whole lot of minutes, but they're definitely still on the team. And with the whole thing with Angel Reese and still no exact clarity, just rumors on why she was gone. You know, she's back and now we're just not talking about it. I mean, that's how it goes. But the thing is, when players are dismissed from programs or get suspended, especially when you're a team of this caliber and like as popular as LSU women's basketball is, I'm not saying the media has the right to know. Uh, but they certainly need some sort of answer. You don't need to give specific details, but I think uh, there should be some clarity on why who left the team or was dismissed or whatnot. And I just think the whole thing is is really confusing. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this at length, the Kim Mulkey situation, Julie, I know, with Chaz like two or three weeks ago. I think it's just very bizarre that you have players mysteriously leaving the team and there's no explanation. We obviously still don't have an explanation for Angel Reese's um, absence, but she came back to the team. It seems like Kateri obviously is not going to come back and just no explanation. Um, Kateri, even though they didn't play as many minutes, they were a huge part of this championship team. They were a reason why Angel Reese uh, chose LSU. And, you know, to Brett's point, I think that the media is very justified in being confused when you have players just leaving the team with no explanation. So Kim Mulkey can't really get too mad about that because it's pretty bizarre. Um, and again, for it to be brought up by a journalist through a question is very bizarre as well. I would expect for something like this, for some kind of press release to be put out or some statement to be made by Mulkey kind of on her own, not for it to just come up in this nonchalant way. I think it's very, very bizarre. Um, but this LSU team, you're seeing a lot of players just kind of either succumb to injuries or like this weird absence thing is happening. You have Haley Van Lith who's out, Samaya Smith who's out. So just really really weird for this reigning championship team. A hundred percent. And I'm going to, I'm going to put on my, my 10 hat for a second. Bear with me here because I have a theory. It is based in fact, whether or not it's actually something that's happening. I don't know, but I'm just going to say facts and then I'm going to draw my own conclusions. Cherry pool, really close childhood friends with Angel Reese. Fact. That is undoubtedly something that is true a huge reason angel reese came to lsu in the first place is to play with kateri pool angel reese 
gets suspended from the team for no reason whatsoever. It's rumored, it is rumored that it could have been a locker room altercation. That's it's fact that it's rumored. It's not fact that it that happened, but it is something that is being speculated. Let's say Kateri Poole had a something to do with that. And maybe it was a little bit worse than Angel Reese. Maybe she maybe yeah, maybe Angel Reese didn't do something as bad as Kateri Poole and Kateri Poole gets dismissed from the team. Angel Reese gets suspended. This is these are a sequence of events I see as possible. And I really do think it's something, whatever happened with Angel Reese, the two things are connected in some way, shape, or form because it, it's absurd for like it's just too many coincidences, to be totally honest. Like they are childhood friends and they both get either dismissed or suspended within weeks of each other. I just want to know what happened. Honestly, like I think LSU will benefit from just being transparent because it can't be as bad as constantly being in the media for terrible things. You look, you think about recruits who are considering coming into this program and they see an absolute PR mess, disaster, whatever Kim Mulkey and the LSU admins are conjuring up right now. They're going about it totally wrong. If their players are acting up, that's just what's happening. And it's so much better to get ahead of it rather than just be so vague and then pick fights with the media for asking questions that are totally warranted. We're not talking about nitpicking little things about this team that they don't want to talk about. We're talking about players not playing in games and being dismissed from the team as a whole. These are things that are huge deals that the media has every right and fans of the team have every right to know what is happening. When you're in a spotlight like that, when you're playing Division I college basketball, you are held to a higher standard. So when you mess up, you shouldn't have your hand be held by the administration and the head coaching staff. That should be public information. Absolutely. And I think, Julia, to your point, when there's no clarity about what happened, the media is obviously going to come up with these theories like you just did. Like, if you're not clear, people are going to put on their tin hat, tinfoil hats. And sorry, Kim Mulkey, but you might not like their theories. So why don't you just go out and say it instead of people having to come up with these theories? Because people are naturally curious about something that they care about and something that has gotten so much spotlight in LSU women's basketball. So definitely agree with you there. And when you're looking at the rest of their schedule, it's it's kind of gross. Like I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like kind of disgusted. They just beat McNeese 133 to 44. They beat Lafayette, Louisiana Lafayette, 83 to 53. And then their next few games are against Northwestern State, I think. It's NW State. I, I don't know what that college is. Coppin State, Jacksonville. And then they go into SEC play. Now, the SEC isn't exactly the pinnacle of women's basketball by any means, besides, of course, your South Carolina. But this is a non-conference schedule that is not preparing you for any kind of competitive basketball. So I guess for right now, the injuries, the off-the-court issues, I guess because they have the easiest non-conference schedule I've ever seen in my entire Fordham has a much more difficult non-conference schedule, and they played two Division II teams. Like, that's ridiculous. I guess they have the, the leeway 
to work through those issues as they play, as they beat up on terrible teams that they have no business playing consistently. I mean, I saw this quote from Don Staley, and it, it makes me see it in a little bit of a different light. These teams like the McNeeses, the Jacksonvilles, they want to play premier teams. And oftentimes the premier teams say, no, we don't want to play you. And Don Staley said, you know, when she played for that kind of lower level team, she all she wanted was to play bigger teams. And now that's why South Carolina always goes out of their way to schedule certain lower teams. But <laughs> there's levels to this, right? I mean, you can't play five to six back to back to back terrible teams to go right into your conference play. It's, I didn't mean to go off on this rant. We kind of touched on it a couple weeks ago, but this is just gross. This is a gross schedule to me. Yeah. I mean, to your point about the Don Staley thing, like what she said about going out of her way to say yes to those games, like that's sweet. That's nice. But you have, you have to draw a line somewhere, I think. So saying yes to a few of those is okay. But when you have a schedule like this from LSU, it's kind of like, okay, well, you're going to get like fraudulent claims if you keep saying yes to these things. So it's sweet to to want to show the love to those lower level teams, but you have to be able to show your true talent. And LSU isn't really doing that right now. And especially coupled with all these issues, it's like, Ugh, it's just totally, it's becoming a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. And then you talk about the actual teams that they have played that are any sort of quality, and it hasn't been pretty there either. They lost, their, they got whooped in their opener against eighth ranked Colorado. They barely got past unranked Virginia. And if we're talking about teams that have SEC code written all over them, Virginia is kind of that team that has talent, but is not your Iowa. It's not your UConn. They barely beat Virginia, which also shout out Florida women's basketball heading out to Virginia to play them in just a few days. I'll be there calling that game, but only beat them 76-73, got whooped by Colorado. They have one quality win by beating Virginia Tech by quite a lot, but they play nothing but terrible teams and they're ranked seventh right now, but I can't imagine any of these wins coming up are going to it can only hurt them in the rankings at this point because other teams are playing good non-conference schedules. So they're going to impress through wins to the ranking committee. And then you look at LSU, oh boy, they beat Jacksonville University. Like, okay, hey, congratulations. So I'm genuinely concerned for this LSU team. The entire narrative surrounding them is really bad. And gosh, you better hope they do well in conference play because it can get really ugly really, really quickly, especially um, with the way Kim Mulkey is acting. And you've got to think, like, what is she hiding? Like, if these theories people are conjuring up are pretty intense. Like, no one is, like, thinking that it's just something that's, you know, oh, it's just, like, something small that's just being overblown. Everyone's opinions and conjures of things that could be happening are pretty severe and they're still not saying like, Oh, it's not that bad. What it actually is, is this. So you've got to think, what could it possibly be? But we are going to move on here. Indiana, the fever first overall pick second year in a row. They secure Leah Boston last season, who is already proving she is going to be 
a face of the league for years to come, had a great rookie campaign, but the team still was terrible. As you can see, first overall pick, you don't get that pick by being good. They need more, and they're going to get more because this incoming recruiting class, regardless of who commits to the draft and who stays at fifth year, they're going to get a premier player. You look at the Caitlin Clarks, the Paige Beckers, Cameron Brink, Liz Kitley. There is so much talent out there, and Indiana is going to be drowning in young talent because pairing any of these kind of players as your premier franchise player by themselves is incredible. But they already have Aaliyah Boston as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brett. I was just going to say, um, I I kind of looked at this um, in a broader picture as I uh, stepped back a little bit. Um, you had in the notes, is Caitlin Clark a lock? And I think Caitlin Clark is absolutely a lock for the first pick if she'll be in the draft this year. Uh, a Victor Wembenyama comparison type generational talent, even like if not as a player, just as like what she represents and means for women's basketball and how popular she is. Um, one thing I always like to do with, especially the NBA draft, um, is to look at it kind of not implying that anything is rigged, but look at it, what is best for the league. And in this case, you could definitely argue that the Sparks having Caitlin Clark in LA would have been much better, you know, to grow her as the face, you know, comparable to the Lakers, grow women's basketball in LA. But one thing I, I like about it being Indiana is it's probably the smallest market team in the league. You know, they play in an arena that's only for basketball. I mean, and the Pacers are the only team in the NBA that uh, plays in an arena specifically designed for basketball. And I think Caitlin Clark, who already, you know, is in Iowa, kind of like not a huge market, not like a big city or like anything. Um, it'll be perfect to grow Indiana and it'll be such a, a basketball town. Again, having her with uh, Aaliyah Boston will be like the perfect match. And I I'm just excited to see it. But I think assuming she she does go to the draft, uh, it's pretty much a lock. And uh, I've seen all the edits of her in the in the fever jersey and I think we should get used to seeing that yeah if you're the fever with this you can't really overthink it you just kind of have to go with Kate, Caitlin Clark she's so generational Brett to your point she really represents kind of this boom in women's basketball and she's kind of become the face of women's basketball in a way um and having her coupled with Aaliyah Boston will be really fun to watch I mean, I assume that Caitlin Clark is probably going to declare for the draft, but, you know, sometimes you think, okay, like, does she even really want to? She just signed a really huge NIL deal with Gatorade. So honestly, if I'm her, I'm like, okay, I can go and play at Iowa for another year possibly, but I think for her, the smart decision might be to go to the WNBA, but I really think that, you know, when you're you're going to have eyes on a smaller team like Indiana, and that's going to be super fun. And I think in the WNBA this year, you kind of saw um, two teams really dominate in the Aces and the Liberty. But if you have another team like the Fever kind of come to play, that could be super exciting, a super fun young team. And Caitlin Clark is kind of this player who likes to trash talk. She's super competitive. And I think it really could change the landscape of the WNBA and make it even more fun. 
the whole decision about if Caitlin Clark is going to go to the WNBA is like just it just personifies the dialogue we've talked about for about a year now at this point ever since um NIL hit the world of women's hoops and on the collegiate level and that's is it worth it to go to the WNBA as quick as possible because you look at college men's basketball the the reason a lot of players commit early is to get that paycheck when you're going to the NBA. It's a difference between, you know, maybe if you're a premier player, a million dollars in college on an IL deal to, you know, keeping that, that deal when you make it to the NBA, but also making like $8 million a year, but you don't have that same kind of financial gain when you're going to the WNBA. And furthermore, you lose a lot of amenities in college, I know for a fact Fordham does. I can only imagine Iowa women's basketball does as well. They fly charter everywhere. You don't get that when you go to the WNBA. You fly on, you want, we fly on public commercial planes, and more often than not, you're flying with regular folk. Like you are not getting um, first class. You're not even getting like business, like the second best. You're sitting with everyone else because that's what the league is paying for at the moment. So it's a more uncomfortable atmosphere. But I don't think NIL is the reason players are going to stay in college. I think it's the attendance of colleges. It's a more fun atmosphere to play in when you're talking about specifically in Caitlin Clark's situation. You look at that Iowa arena, it's packed to the brim every single time she steps on the court. It's not going to be that way at Indiana. The people are not packing out arenas quite yet. So it's, it's a tough situation when you think about it. I think the dialogue surrounding NIL is kind of overplayed just because um, you can keep you can keep most of those deals as you go out of college. Like it's keeping that money and then making this whatever salary you make on top of that. But it's just the salary isn't that enticing. It's more of just the love of the game more than anything. Trying to make it to the WNBA, of course, that's every collegiate player's ultimate goal. Um, so yeah, I I think. Caitlin Clark will commit. She's being very vague right now. And I think it's kind of fun. It's much more fun than just her committing right now. And if in her case, it is a tough decision because you think about the arena she plays in right now, the hype she gets in her city that she's in, you know, it is questionable to know if she would get that same kind of hype and that attention in Indiana. Yeah. And I think it's like, if, if I were her, I would, I would go ahead and, and declare because you're, you're at the peak of your powers right now. You know, you're truly one of the most popular women's athletes on the planet. Uh, again, like you said, a great point with the NIL deals. She'll still have a deal with Gatorade. It'll just be with Gatorade with her and the Indiana Fever jersey, you know, uh, on the commercials and whatnot. And again, I think she has the power to to truly change the WNBA and how people view it. Um, she really is like that influential and popular just on like name recognition alone uh and i don't think delaying it another year you know we'll see if she ends up breaking the all-time points record we talked about it last week that she was on pace to do it i think if she does that you know has has another nice playoff run where there's a bunch of attention on her i think it'll be a nice way to wrap up her her college career and go ahead and take it to the to the w yeah i think kind of to your point, Brett, if you're like Joe Schmo and you are a good women's college women's basketball player and you're thinking about declaring for the draft, but you play at a place like Iowa, 
you might want to stay because you already have that fan base. But when you have the influence of someone like Caitlin Clark, she's got to know that she has the power to really change the WNBA and bring fans to Indiana, especially when she's with a player like Aaliyah Boston. So she has the power to do that. And if I'm her, I would declare. Well, Caitlin Clark is right in the middle of a, a season of her own, what could be her last season. Um, so I'm sure that's where the, her mind is at at the moment. But the WNBA draft, April 15th, the way it all works is as soon as NCAA women's season ends, kind of go right into the WNBA season because of how it all shakes out. NBA season and NCAA men's kind of go hand in hand, but the WNBA and college women's basketball do not. So it's going to be an interesting transition as it is every year. April 15th, WNBA draft right here in New York City as usual. So It'll be fun. I'm sure we'll be tracking how it all shakes out from, from this point moving forward. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of All In. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition. All In is a production of WFUV Sports.